You got the job on the technicality of a legend who recommended you. You are nothing, you are a fool, and you are a waste of time. Good night. I've kept really quiet, but I'll tell you something. He went down in my estimation when he said that. I don't believe personal insults help it. And Jack Charlton is quite right to be indignant about that, and the gentleman in the yellow hat really exists nowhere in the firmament of international football. The ten-man board of the FBI, the clowns, are now going to put the names in a hat. They're going to pick people who they've read about in newspapers. Give it a blam and flash it into the net. What a goal that was. Um, of course, Celtic. I agree with you. Ronnie just wants to say the word Schweinsteiger. Bastian Schweinsteiger. Lads, is there a point to continue with this ball study football show at all? I mean, the Premier League is over, is it not? Yes, there is, because the people want to hear our insight to the various goings-on in world football. The Premier League might be done and dusted. Jesus, I don't like this topic of conversation at all. It's, it's definitely <laughs> not finished. No, we're never going to. I don't know. The Premier League, like Gary, obviously Mark Farley here, joined by Gary Connaughton and Sean Meehan. Gary, as a Liverpool fan, you're probably still worried that Liverpool will f- somehow find a way to Liverpool this up. Oh, 100%. I'm completely unnerved by the fact that Liverpool are this far ahead in a league. It doesn't sit right with me. I'd ra- I don't I, think, I don't know like, if I'd rather be less ahead because now it, the inevitable disappointment is just going to be even worse. The capitu- I am looking forward to the capitulation, but I'm not quite sure how it's going to manifest itself. Like the, the I think there might not be one at all. I, I think I'm they might actually think go- that as well. But Jose Mourinho, he thinks they've solved the puzzle. And I don't know what the puzzle is. The only way it'd be, you know, if it's Buckaroo or something, maybe that there's, there's a hope that Liverpool might suddenly... They would, they're, like, they're just going to go up in a huge like yeah. ball of flames. Buckaroo ball of uh, various... Paraphernalia and elements that you hang on a horse <laughs> or a donkey. Just, uh, just see a Fabinho go up and smoke. You don't want to see that. We'll obviously be chatting about the the fallout from the Liverpool Man City game and getting the rest of our hot takes of the football action across the weekend um, this week. But mostly we'll be paying attention to Ireland's massive uh, Euro 2020 qualifier coming up next. Well, next week, really, seven days from today. Obviously, they're playing Denmark, but we've got the game against New Zealand on Thursday, which we have been selling. F- for weeks now on the podcast, Sean, why, why is this an important game? Well, when Ireland play New Zealand in November, it's not a friendly. There are it's no a test match. So we'll be building up to Ireland's test match against New Zealand. We're picking the 11 that we want to see start that game. We'll also be picking the 11 we want to see start against Denmark. We'll have our scoundrel of the week, of course, and we'll have an all-important Irish player roundup from the weekend's action. Gary will bring that to us because it is, of course, the week of the international break. But not a break for us in our eyes. It's the international get on this is the real action the break <laughs> exactly yeah back it's like when people when people complain about international breaks and i'm like lads we're, we're irish you can't you can't <laughs> complain sure this is all we have really isn't it exactly let's get started with our hot takes just don't know why for at least three seasons he's been ignoring Auntie Amy. Auntie Amy? aye i don't know why he doesn't get a game <laughs> for scotland aye he's finished isn't he he's not finished he's only 28 gary i'm looking at you i'm gonna guess <laughs> that it's from the Liverpool Man City game. Uh, it is, and it's probably not a hot take, but I think it's just a fact now, and we all saw it happen yesterday, but Pep Guardiola has officially lost the plot. The man is... He's he's stressed out. He's If he had any hair left, he'd be full of it out. Do you know what like. he is, Mark? He's rattled. He is rattled. He hasn't... Like, he's just not used to this chasing a really, really good team. Like, even when he was with Barcelona and Real Madrid were there... 
they were like a good team but they weren't one of the best in the world he was always the best team in the league same in Germany same in England for the first few years well like, he had the like obviously first year when he came it was kind of a it was, cl- a, it was a culture shock to yeah. him uh, but yeah as soon as he got his way he thought he would just perpetually get his way and uh, it's not the case this season is it no it's interesting as well the Klopp thing that stat of course was that every manager any player any manager he's played against more than four times he's a winning record against them except for Klopp Nine wins from 18 for Klopp now against Guardiola. Not bad, not bad. He, just not, bad. he knows He knows how to get in his head. He, like, he doesn't even have to get in his head. I think it's just everything else. I think Guardiola just, there is a, a case of him kind of like throwing the toys out of pram if something doesn't go his way. Although it does make for terrific entertainment. Oh, like the second that goal went in yesterday after the whole potential handball straight up the other end scored and it was five minutes in and Guardiola was already going absolutely nuts and you just like we're in for a good one here no matter what happens it's very hard because there's so much controversy around VAR and whatever else um, so tensions are running even higher than ever but I am sick to the teeth of footballers surrounding the referee and the behaviour the likes of Guardiola got up like I'm, I don't get me wrong I have watched the Guardiola thank you so much clip about <laughs> 200 times and laughed every time but it's still <laughs> ridiculous like whatever with him like there was a bit like after the goal in Fernandinho's over costing the referee and then just pushes Wijnaldum away from the referee he's trying to get to him Virgil van Dijk's in his ear it's like this we have like it's so blatantly obvious that they have to in- enforce some sort of rule that is like uh, that they have in rugby where the captain or someone is the only nominated I, I, I can't go for that I Why can't not? go for that because I just Nigel Owens. She's just. The, but no. the, forget about Nigel Owens. <laughs> no, just no. Just like, no. You like you can't get 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 anywhere if people are just allowed to just randomly just jump, get up in the referee's face and start howling at him and roaring at him like five or six the, lads around. Yeah, him. like the you thing, see it every game. The thing that's weird about it in the VAR era, especially, is because you know that everything is going to be checked. And you also yeah. know that the lad on the pitch has no say in the decision yeah, as well. Yeah. So it's like, this lad, you're just shouting at this lad. Like, he's not going to do anything for That's you either thing. way, you know? It's kind of made it even worse again because there are so many more contentious decisions, which is obviously what VAR was brought in. It's not that there's so many more contentious decisions. There's so many decisions that subsequently become contentious because VAR is involved. Yeah. Like, there's the same amount of kind of... 50-50 calls and stuff that wouldn't be contentious in any other season in Premier League history but it's only because there's a lad in Stockley Park that goes his, uh, his toenails offside <laughs> yeah. you know like it, it's the same all it, it, it's just it's now it's, it's another kind of way in which referees are being denigrated which is bad you can't have that but oh, can we oh, say that? We're done, we're done with this VAR chat. But do you even think it was a handball? Do you think that was a penalty? I thought the first one was probably handball, but then probably not in the VAR rules of handball because it looked like it hit Silva's arm accidentally, bald hand in the old days, on the before it hit Trent Alexander's arm. Um, Alexander Arnold, should say, sorry. And so that, therefore, because he's an attacking player and there was a handball in the attacking build-up, it's automatically ruled out so but no that said I don't know if that's the rule either because it's that's if, that, if it results in a goal it was surely a goal but because it wasn't yeah, like, <laughs> let's be fair like. but, but then like if you accidentally handball say for instance why was Silva's more less of a handball than Alexander Arnold I thought this company Vincent Company on Sky Sports yesterday was a farce right from the very start he was there like I know we've had ex-players and uh, like current players be pundits before but Vincent Company was I thought the stuff he was saying on Sky Sports yesterday was ridiculous he was like 
Silva's position was a very natural position for a hand, whereas Alexander-Arnold's hand was in a very unnatural position. I don't disagree with that, yeah, but I, 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 I kind of get what he means. But, like, Alexander-Arnold's arm is kind of way out there, yeah. and if, if he, like, I don't know, but to be honest, you never know, and it, it wasn't like he moved purposefully and did it, but it was there, he yeah. kept it there, because he knew that if that if he puts his arm back in, no, I think it was more his hand was there and he tried to lead with his hip. You're Whatever not leading with your hip and you're not getting there. His arm was yeah. out from his body but and Silvers like, was down I think outside his body. If you're given a penalty for the ball hitting a lad's hand when the previous touch from that was the ball hitting another lad's hand, I just I don't think that if a ball deflects off one hand it hits another, you can punish the second lad no matter what the circumstance of the first hand was. Mm. I d- see, I, I usually I would agree with you, but I don't bleed now anymore. <laughs> I just like, I don't know. I don't focus, know what? I'm sick of that. Yeah, I just I thought we'd get that out of the way. Can we focus Sorry. on something positive? Fabinho's goal sounded terrific. Oh. Like it's one of the best sounding goals we've seen in a long, long time. Yeah. We always talk about Steve Staunton's goal for Liverpool against United, I think it was, which when it hit the back stanchion was oh incredible but there's something about the goals at that end at the um, at Anfield because uh, Bernardo Silva's was a close second didn't sound just as good but I think it was the you could you were imagining the sound of the ball being <laughs> struck by Fabinho and then you could hear the sound of it rattling into the net maybe it's the nets they've good nets uh, yeah like yeah. the crispy nets oh, <laughs> the bounce of the like oh. Oh, I, even and um, I think I think because it was a consolation goal like people won't appreciate just how good that Bernardo Silva yeah. finish was Pretty like good, yeah. your margin for error is like you know with Allison and goal you're it's slim to none. Then if you're putting it near post, whipping it like that, kind oh, of falling be- away. Oh, from it was beautiful. Well. It was He's a lovely yeah. footballer. He's a lovely little face. Uh, Angelino got the assist for that. Is he guaranteed now to start? You think every no. week? No, he was muck yesterday. He's he was absolutely awful. useless. <laughs> he was awful, but nearly scored. <laughs> like. Uh, did you read, there was an article in the Athletics morning, Sam Lee, obviously covers Man City, they were talking about, um, he was talking about Man City's transfer dealings last summer and saying about that basically they had a deal agreed for Ben Chilwell and then with a couple of weeks before the season ended, everything was agreed with Leicester with him and they decided, Man City were like, no, we're not going to do it and ended up just bringing back Angelino or like, because the reason was they thought they were going to sell Mendy but obviously no one wants to buy Mendy because he's been injured for two years and uh, they decided, I'll oh, just get in Angelino, he'll cover uh, it looks like a mistake now, lads. Um, but what yeah. Zinchenko as well? I don't know. They just seem to be chopping and changing. Zinchenko, but that's the thing. Like Alexander Zinchenko is not a left back. Yeah. He, he he never has been a left back. Do you know? Do you know who was on the bench yesterday? Uh, the most expensive fullback in the history of football, How Cancelo, who can play a left back and hasn't got a look in at City this season, with Kyle Walker mm. putting in some very questionable performances as well. I £60 also, million pounds he cost. I also wonder, well, he didn't really. Well, it was a part... They, they, they got rid of, apparently, uh, to go into that deal, uh, how Cancelo cost roughly about like £30 million. Danilo, that they gave to Juve, cost £30 million under the under the rules of the deal. So, basically, Man City did a swap deal. No, it was 60 plus Danilo. No, it wasn't. It was 60 it was, minus 30. No, sorry. It was 30 plus Danilo. Yeah. So if you were given Danilo, who like is not worth 30 million in any way, shape or form. I've but seen there were play. two separate deals and they paid 30 million for him. So Man City did pay 60 million for him. 
Listen, either way, it's a, he wasn't 60 million, but he's a very good footballer and should be starting for Man City. Man City's like ragtag defence. I just feel as though it's like Guardiola going, oh, poor me, look at me, the rag look tag, what I can do. The ragtag back five that cost over 150 like, million. Yes, it's yes. not having the effect. He's not thinking about the effect he's having on my fancy football team, who for a man who owned Otamendi and Zinchenko just a few weeks ago, and That's compounded on you, my issues by selling Joel Matup and bringing in Joe Gomez when <laughs> 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 he got injured. It's uh, just been a tough few weeks and I just don't know what to make. I'm going to screw rid of every Man City defender and there's nobody you can trust to start in that defence bar Walker maybe and he's too expensive. I yeah. sold Salah and he scored so there's that. Yeah, I, I, I kept him. Oh yeah, I still I, I haven't checked managed. my fantasy football team since the second week of the season. So is that Timo Pukie fella still good, yeah? <laughs> I have six Leicester and between Leicester and Chelsea I have six of the players and it's frankly too much blue to have on a team. You're looking at that graphic <laughs> on the fancy football website. Depressing. Six blue lads. Uh, what's your hot take from the weekend, Sean? Uh, speaking of blue lads, uh, Yuri Telemans, right? Uh, I, was, I invented him. I can't get you. I'd, I'd argue against that. For, I'll, I'll explain why in a minute. But. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd, also, I'd also go against that, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Because I'm, on like FIFA 14, FIFA 15, bro, I bought him off and elect like 55 overall. <laughs> And I, I turned him into a world star. Yeah, I'm among friends here. I think we all collectively invented him because we've all <laughs> owned Yuri Tielman since on either Football Manager or FIFA for about the last 10 years. Completely. Yeah. We've all been just waiting for him. He was my Gilfie Sigurdsson. When Gilfie Sigurdsson arrived on loan to Swansea in the real life, I was like, this Gilfie Sigurdsson, just, I, I, I had won the Premier League or whatever it was in Football Manager at the time with him. I was like, wow, he's in the Premier League. I'm buying him on Fantasy best decision I ever made he, he just was incredible for the, that second half of the season exact same thing happened with Tillemans at the uh, last end of last season came in January he's like well he's going straight into my team he got points in nearly every single game oh, yeah. he got, and then this year I bought him at the start of the season had owned him from the start did nothing got rid of him brought in Madison and then he started flying again he's um, he uh, captained Crystal Palace to back to back Champions Leagues for me in FIFA 16 so he'll forever hold the place he, in my heart like he's one of them that like listen I've, I've a plethora of players that I've had on Football Manager it's usually lads that are ended up like ended up like third division German league but <laughs> when I brought them in at Pats they won me the Champions League but uh, Yuri Tielemans is a, is a special man that goes from Football Manager and FIFA the rarest of beasts. Yeah. Exactly. He do he, he does it both. He does it all, and he really does do it all. And watching that match against Arsenal, like it was him and Madison, but mostly Tielemans. Like I don't know what it is about the the technique in which he like passes. But Yuri, by the way, Yuri Tielemans best passer I've seen this season. Best passing midfielder. He's unbelievable. But like he has a technique whereby like he shapes his body to go to like the left. So like the further, furthest left he can from the ball, then he stretches his leg out and with the instep just whips a ball out. And he did it about five times. I think it was out to like Ricardo Pereira and Damari Gray where he just did that. It was like a 40-yard pass and he made it seem like it was a five-yard pass. And I was like, hang on. And then I saw Madison start trying to do the same thing <laughs> in Davardi and I was like, oh, I love this. Can you explain something to me? We all know, like we're saying, for the last 10 years how good he is. And you look, he's up against a team like Arsenal, for example. Why didn't Arsenal or someone else buy him? Why has he ended up at Le- Leicester? Uh, well, United tried to sign him. He was uh, at Monaco and he didn't, di- things didn't go well for him there. He moved to Monaco and then when the going got tough last season, Henri wanted to get in experienced heads. And despite the fact that Tielemans had captain Anderlecht, was like, he's like 20. 23-24 but he's played like like 
over 100 matches at the very least possibly over 200 matches of first team football in his career and not for any like pokey side and elect winning leagues with them then Leicester were like oh, I'll have him thank you very much Jorginho Mons is 22 like, he made he's 139 20. appearances for Anderlecht <laughs> <laughs> 47 for Monaco and uh, is currently up around 25 for Leicester like so this, so t- 26 caps for Belgium <laughs> like, he's 22 years of age like it's crazy and like Leicester stepped up and then he must have developed a rapport with you know especially Rogers and you know the fans and all yeah. this 40 million euro looks like a bargain now absolute bargain like I, I, I said at the time I was like he, he's worth 40 million sure he signed he signed for Monaco and I thought it was cheap at that time and it was about 20 mil you know it, it's money Leicester secretly now second and third who'd have thought that secretly, a couple of, yeah. yeah a month ago uh, my hot take speaking of Leicester City players Jamie Vardy, the ultimate team card, the player of the month, squad building challenge, has, has driven me up the wall, <laughs> both in terms of playing against them all weekend and I'm just being ridiculous. And also the fact that I've spent over 30 grand in coins and I'm nowhere closer to being able to complete the squad building See, challenge, which is, was sold on Balls.ie's website at, on Friday afternoon. As one of the most simple and best value squad builder challenges there has ever been. Okay, uh, I'd like to I'd like to talk to Gary for a second. Gary, how much did it cost you roughly? Like, how much did you have to spend now? Your own ultimate team purse, my hard earned coins. Exactly, I'd say I spent about six thousand to do it. And you spent them, notwithstanding all the players you already had in I your had squad. A, I only had to buy a couple. I I spent the grand total of zero coins on that. Mark, it's it's down to who you're cultivating in your own team. Brian Reynolds, our own Brian Reynolds in here, also did it at the same time we did, uh, Sean, on Friday, and also spent nothing. So that's another one. There you go. You see on this weekend, right? So yeah. who? What were you playing in? What 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 realm of ultimate team were you playing in? Uh, division rivals. See now, what you need to do is you need to qualify for the weekend league. You I'm don't have to and cop yourself on, Mark. But you, <laughs> so I'm not giving out. As in, I'm just issuing a statement here that it's it was driving me up the wall. I'm not saying that I I, I know I'm I, I'm to blame here. I'm to blame <laughs> because fair. I can't defend for a start. Uh, <laughs> and he keeps scoring against me, and I'm to blame because I can't do the squad building challenges properly. I will say that Jesus have has nobody got any imagination. That he's all just going to have. Is everybody going to have Jamie Vardy in their team? Well, he was so yeah, easy to get. Know. Absolutely, <laughs> but like you look, but like. I am playing Vardy up top, but I've got Git Eriksson, the boy Git, behind him with a bit of Roberto Baggio. You know? <laughs> of course, the, the dream, dream team. The dream you know, team. That's a, that's a, that's a triumvirate <laughs> that, uh, that not many people, I think, will have. Like, Gary is probably the same. But Gary, I have Raheem Sterling on the right, Felipe Anderson on the left, and then Roberto Firmino in behind them. So. That's okay. It's the Ryan Fraser. Uh, Willian Oh see if you're coming up against Ryan Fraser and Willian It's the dreams of Division 8 I can't <laughs> <laughs> I was, Them's the breaks I started Division 6 With hopes of getting to promote to Division 5 Was one game away from it And somehow now Division 8 And I'm stuck there Forever I played 13 games at the weekend I won 6 Lost 6 Drew 1 I constantly I bar one game which was like the, I think the 12th game I played whatever it was I had 1-1 one, one, lost 1 1-1 one, one, lost 1 1-1 one, one, lost 1 1-1 <laughs> lost 1 I haven't won 2 in a row and I haven't lost 2 in a row in about six I'm, I, I'm the exact opposite I'm a very stri- I win 6 in a row and lose 6 in yeah, a row so that's I've, how I go that's I, how this, I this, week, this weekend uh, I got myself to 12 wins 
and like five, six losses. I ended up on 15 wins, 14 losses. Exact same thing happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you were saying there about division rivals. Should I not be playing division rivals? How do you get coins quicker? If you... So you would need to qualify for the weekend league. I'm a million miles away from that. 900 points or something. So whenever you do qualify for it, hear me out here. When you play in the weekend league, you get points to go towards your division rivals anyway. So you're basically doing them concurrently. So then when, whatever, however many uh, wins you get. 11 wins to automatically qualify. But even if you don't get that, you get a decent amount. Like you get a decent amount. And even if you're not qualifying every single weekend, you'll you'll have enough so that the odd time you would. But then that means you're getting rewards on a Thursday from division rivals and the weekend league. And that's that's how you do it. That's how and you then do it. keep those players in your club so you can use them in squad building challenges as you find. So then you don't have to spend your coins doing squad building challenges and it's free packs and more players and then keep them players. Free packs are always good as well. <laughs> I'd like to apologise to anybody who doesn't play people for the last <laughs> <laughs> five minutes of audio. <laughs> it's time to move on. Let's crowd our scoundrel of the week. Right, scoundrel of the week. First nominee for me is Jamie Vardy for the aforementioned reasons. I I can't dispute that. I can't dispute that. Although <laughs> you, you should really say virtual Jamie Vardy, yeah. <laughs> and not just virtual Jamie Vardy. Player of the month, virtual Jamie Vardy. I, I can understand that. Uh, I I'd also like to you know echo that, but for different reasons. Is that he's class? <laughs> Gary, who's your nominee? Pep. Pep, obviously. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank like, you so much. He's, uh, at the, and, and his interview yesterday was brilliant as well, where he kind of said that uh, it was the best performance he's had since he came to England and he wouldn't answer any questions about any referees. And then just at the end, Jeff Shreve asked him, uh, you know, you went up to uh, the referees at the end. You seemed to say thank you, but it didn't seem very sincere. Pep, was it? were you being a bit sarcastic? He goes, no way. I congratulated him. I am polite. I didn't say anything here. <laughs> <laughs> I am so polite. Uh, <laughs> I love him. Uh, I I'm going to go with uh, Adama Traore as another nominee. Just for we speak, we're speaking about FIFA. There, he is me playing FIFA. He just puts, he holds the, the right tri- right trigger on sprint and just hopes for the best. I love watching him play and runs it out across the end line half the time. <laughs> oh yeah, completely. But he that's just, it's, he's like he's a wild card though. He, he genuinely is. It, like you'll get performances like the weekend and then like the double against Man City and then you get one and he'll come up against like some like I can't wait until Wolves are in the FA Cup and they have to go to like Dagenham on Redbridge <laughs> have to play and they're playing he's playing against some left back about 36 years of age had a decent career playing for Peterborough and stuff <laughs> and he just has him in his pocket all day long he looked like one of the top five players in the Premier League at the weekend he was that good He's amazing. Like, there's a reason why, like... But that's what happens in FIFA. If you're playing FIFA and there's some people who can't defend and they'll just slide tackle from 10 yards away. And if you're holding sprint, you can just go, yep, you can look, see it. <laughs> you have a sudden, you're through. We had a tournament in, in, the, in the office for Halloween. Champ Champ over here. The, the Champ Champ Gary over there luckily beat me on penalties. No such thing. Uh, in, the, in, 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 the, in the round, in the quarterfinal, like, I was still very disappointed. But anyway... Uh, one such player had uh, Wolves and I immediately <laughs> the tactician I am just went you've got Wolves on FIFA you've got Adama Traore play him up front <laughs> and it worked <laughs> it worked a treat worked a scored a hat trick <laughs> <laughs> who's your final nominee Sean? 
Uh, it's game of the week this is, not for to go up front for Wolves. For Wolves. Wolves. Well, well he probably, he's, he's a good footballer and he could probably do it. It's Alisson. Not for any anything he did in terms of like his goalkeeping or like, you know, the Liverpool performance, but just purely because for the first... 10, 15 minutes of the match, every time I, I caught a glimpse of Alisson, I thought he was wearing tracksuit bottoms. Because, <laughs> like, he was he was rocking the all-black look look suave. He looked like the type of lad that, you know, you'd want you'd want in your goal. Black you know? gloves and everything. Black, oh, sophistication to a T. But then when I, I had a closer inspection, I realised he was wearing about 15 different things on his legs. <laughs> like, so not only that, like, he was rocking, like, boots, grand, you have to wear boots. The socks... Like Thierry Henry in his prime had the socks, you know, just over the knee, like very sultry. You knew what he was about. Whereas Alison, I think, was just wearing like the the longest socks he could possibly find. <laughs> they went up to his tight. Like he was wearing tight high socks. Then coupled with that, he was wearing compression tights because you could see them when he was trying to make a save. You could see the compression tights coming down. So I was like, oh, there's another one. And then obviously the black shorts, but they they're Extra like, long. but his shorts are really long as well. So like. I was getting I was getting so much crossover. <laughs> right. I, I loved it. I love Gabber Karai, don't get me wrong, the original rocker of the of the uh, of the tracksuit bottom. My outfellow when he played in goal and he likes to tell me this all the time, would strictly rock a tracksuit <laughs> bottom. Because I think Karai uh, didn't he copy him? He did, he often said that uh, El Amigos from Dublin twelve was my uh, <laughs> was my goalkeeping hero growing up in in Hungary. So, you know, Word travels fast. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yellowstone Celtic are very big out in Hungary, apparently. Uh, so there we have our nominees: Pep Guardiola, Adama Traore, Jamie Vardy for being his ultimate team guard for being too good in FIFA, and Alison for pretending to wear trousers. Um, I think I'm going to nominate that the winner from this has to be Pep Guardiola. Oh, easily. You you cannot disagree with that. Two, two, <laughs> two. So I just loved as well, like just for all the memes that came, like and, and Sky Sports do exactly what they were doing. So oh. It was brilliant. Oh. They were straight on the gif and they were like, lads, here you are. <laughs> They've been over to the referee with the camera and everything. Uh, obviously we contacted Manchester City to give the award, the uh, David Louise Scoundrel of the Week award to Pep Guardiola. Um, and we received a message. He's very grateful. He said, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Cantor should be thrown out of the game I care not one jot about his supreme talent Right let's switch our focus now to the international We're not going to call it an international break Because it's not a break It's the international time of labour Gary <laughs> before we get into the teams that we want to see face New Zealand and Denmark Give us a quick summary of how the players got on The Irish lads got on uh, domestically Or not domestically League in club form at the weekend not bad. I think it was a, a good week overall. We had some good performances. Our, our boys at Sheffield United doing it again, hitting the dizzy heights of, why are they sixth now in the league? They're just, they're, they're, I love them so they much. I can't, are, even, I can't even talk about how much I love that they're team. They're a joy to watch. We, I was watching the game here at the weekend. Like It would not be an understatement to say they played Spurs off the park for 70 of the 90 minutes. Dave McGoldrick's desperate though for being 10 mile offside, isn't he? Dave McGoldrick was the best player on the pitch at the, at, in that game. As some stats for you here, Mark. David McGoldrick uh, from an account we've mentioned before on Twitter, Blade Analytics. Great account for followers from the Irish lads of Sheffield United. This way he summed up his performance. One ridiculously allowed go- disallowed goal. We won't get into it. One assist. Four shot assists. Two successful dribbles. Won five out of six uh, ground duels. 52 touches as a centre forward in one game. Uh, 81 pass accuracy. Percent pass accuracy. And two tackles. Like, 
it was an all-around performance that if we can get that off David McGoldrick against Denmark, would be a long way of being where we want to be. Uh, like he's one player that I wouldn't like. I just I I I wouldn't even need to think about. I just know that he's going to put in a shift. Now yeah. whether you're going to get that exact performance, like, but I know McGoldrick is going to at least endeavour to try give a performance like that. Uh, I also also like he's a he's a devil for being miles offside. But yeah, he drops I was, deeper. I was than, being sarcastic because like, of the, like, the ridiculousness. Asher, <laughs> listen, we won't we won't get onto toenails being offside. But like, and he wasn't even the one that was offside. Yeah, exactly. It was a uh, it, it was a lunchroom. Oh, sorry, lunchroom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Goldrick's goal. He's <laughs> ever been involved in plays. <laughs> he actually timed his run incredibly well. Yeah, he did. That. Yeah, he. Uh, but Harry Kane can learn an awful lot from David McGoldrick. I've been saying it for years because. Uh, David McGoldrick is the type of fella to go and drop back, collect the ball from midfield, play it off. Harry, get in the box. I'm sick of you. Get in the box <laughs> and score. Got big head. Or better yet, stop playing and play Troy Parrott. Oh, stop. Uh, the one worry is Callum Robinson. Moose is in great form the last few weeks and Robinson's been dropped to the bench who at the start of the season looked like Sheffield United's best player. Yeah. Uh, like, you'd imagine it'll come and fits and starts. Yeah, they do them. seem to chop they, and they change. Kinda, Billy Sharp is very clearly fourth choice but will play some I think he's he's very clearly third choice now do you think just purely because he'll never start but he'll always be one of the first off the bench yeah. but then you've also got Ollie McBurney I don't mind him he's been muck <laughs> I, <forget about> <laughs> <him>. <laughs> I, I, watched, I was at the Sheffield United game uh, against Watford earlier in the season he was brutal uh, <laughs> uh, Troy Parrott not on the bench at the weekend no. again in that game either. Uh, any other stories around the leagues? Kieran Clark is in the goals, lads. He never stops. He the man can't be stopped. Did you see the goal at the weekend? It was the scrappiest goal I've ever seen, and he may not have even touched it. But I tell you what, fox in the box. Listen, he it, got he got he got a shin on it and it went in. That's all. What more can you ask? I, I Newcastle as well. Like we, they're doing grand. <laughs> I don't know another way to put it this, like, and I like how like everybody and they were tipped for relegation and rightfully so but then even like now to see how well they're doing especially considering you know everybody tipped them for relegation I'm just not surprised they're just they're Steve I Bruce. also wouldn't be surprised to see them come bottom at the end of the year so. yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> so. they've got like they are dependent on like the likes of like very solid players like the likes of Kieran Clark and then lads like Alan Sam Maxim, who's looks good, brilliant, and looks then good. but I know for a fact he could capitulate. Yeah. And, and Newcastle do love a French winger, you know. Don't don't forget that a streaky one, especially as Hatem Ben Arfa, Laurent Robert, <laughs> uh, David Ginola. The list goes on and Gabriel on and on. Jesus, Gabriel uh, Matt Doherty played very well for Wolves. They had a good win over Villa. Connolly and Duffy both started for Man United for Man United against Man United <laughs> for Brighton. Oh, I don't trust the injury to. Connolly. Yeah, uh, he'd be all right. He's made of sterner stuff, that lad. <laughs> he, he, he is a unit, though. So Yeah, they, they both played quite well, apparently, uh, despite the loss. A uh, couple of goals in the championship. Alan Brown scored for Preston. Preston riding high, another win, top of the championship. Uh, They're flying, Preston. Is this going to be the year that Preston finally get yeah. promoted? and it's one year that they actually are kind of coming from nowhere, nearly. Yeah. Um, not like every other kind of knocking on the door. Last year, didn't have as good a season. Alex Neal took a and bed in. But they're absolutely flying now. Derek Williams scored for Blackburn against Mark Farley's Leeds United. Yeah, uh, good header. How many how many times is Derek Williams going to score this year? I, I feel uh, as though 50. every weekend he's scored. He's in, he's he's playing well. Ably assisted by the 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 young Stuart Downing. 
uh, who is still somehow knocking about uh, young whippersnapper him whippersnapper. and Lewis him and Lewis Holtby <laughs> in, the, uh, in the Blackburn midfield um, what else oh Darren Randolph is back in the Middlesbrough team yeah Middlesbrough yeah. is still crap but Darren Randolph is back so he'll, he's okay for Denmark uh, one more James McLean started for Stoke he's back in the Stoke team Michael O'Neill brought him in 4-2 win big up Stoke James McLean gave the ball away 26 times and <laughs> just about to say, it's, it's, it was like oh James McLean is back he won a penalty Stoke are back to winning ways but nothing has changed <laughs> like nothing has he changed he was back up um, he was playing looked like the left of a front three rather than being put stuck in a yeah, left yeah it was back, him Lee is, Gregory up top and then Tom yeah. Ince what a uh, turnaround right. though for Paul's young fella oh, what a an instant impact by Michael O'Neill that was the first time Stoke has scored more than two goals two goals or more e- ever I I'd say yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just not part of Liverpool they bet Liverpool 6-1 there a few years ago ah <laughs> yeah it all genuine, genuinely though I think it was 2015 I don't think Mark Hughes never managed it in his entire reign uh, nor did uh, Nathan Jones there you go there <laughs> Michael Mick O'Neill I tell you, yeah. I like how he took seven years in the Northern Ireland job to take over Stoke. Like he's, he must, he just loves a project. Yeah. That Stephen man Ward doesn't he? Start left back in that game as well. Uh, he's retired though. Yeah. though he was retired. <laughs> you know, back. he could he could end up back playing left back. Lads, let's move on to the games this week. Uh, we've got New Zealand coming up on Thursday night. Uh, like we said, it's not a friendly; it's a test match. And then we've got uh, Denmark and that all-important qualifier. Uh, we'll start with the New Zealand team. Let's quickly run through the three teams that we've kind of picked out from the twenty-eight man squad that we'd like to see start. We'll start with you, Sean. Okay, so I've gone with in goal. It's like it's pretty. I, I don't don't care who goes in goal, but I'm going with Aaron Randolph. Uh, I don't care who I see. Randolph's going to start. Nobody's going to show me anything otherwise, unless it was like Gavin Bazunu or someone, someone really off the wall. But no, I'll go with Randolph. Right back, Leo Connor. Let's get him in there. You might as well. We've called him up for reasons unbeknownst to ourselves, just purely because he's uh, suspended for the uh, Armenia for the Armenia games. Game. Yeah. So, you know, throw O'Connor in there. You might as well. Uh, centre-halves, again, don't really care. It's going to be Duffy and Egan that are going to start, you know. So, like, you might see Kevin Long. Wow, I'm really excited to see Kevin Long again. What about you're Fox? not picking up this test at all. Come on, get, get through yeah, You're the very man saying it's not friendly. Come on. It's yeah. not friendly. <laughs> It's a test match. That's why Go he's on. picking the first choice on ever. <laughs> yeah, who's your left back? Left back, uh, your man, Stephen Zender. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> it's not going to be the right, Here we go, right. So, Aaron Connolly, Troy Parrott, do you don't need to know the rest. So once we see Parrott, once we see Parrott, I don't Are care. Four four two. We're playing whatever we need to do to get Troy Parrott in the squad. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I'm done out here. We need to see Troy Parrott. Troy Parrott needs to start. That's it. Game over. There's nothing else that needs to be said. I Gary. have I have picked a proper team. The one that I think would be interesting to see. I will be going to this game, and I'm actually looking forward to it. Uh, Mark Travers in goal. Same as. I think we should play Matt Doherty right back because Matt Doherty hasn't played right back for Ireland under Mick McCarthy and he's going to have to do it against Denmark because Seamus Coleman is suspended so I think we should give him 60 minutes or 55 minutes at right back and then maybe bring on Leo Connor for the last half an hour centre back I'm going for John Egan I'm going for Fox in the Box Kieran Clark. Kieran Clark, I think should get it deserves an opportunity he's been playing really well left back Derek Williams Again, playing You're well. playing left back. That's where he's been playing for Blackburn. Uh, well, that's only because of uh, Greg's untimely. Greg well, we, only have, we only have Enda Stevens, and I don't think we should. Injury. I don't think we should risk him. I think. Oh, we absolutely play no. I think we should play Conor Harrahan, to be honest. <laughs> Midfield: uh, Josh Cullen, Jack Byrne, and Conor Howrahan. 
as my three in midfield. And then I'm going for a front three on the right, Robbie Brady. Let's give him a chance. He hasn't played big minutes in a good while. Let's see what he has in him for, for Denmark game. Troy Parrott up front, Aaron Connolly on the left. I've gone, I've gone right. He's not going to go back to 3-5-2 against Denmark or 3-5-1 or whatever way he wants to do it. But I think it's a formation. We've talked about how it's, but it suits the Irish players and we should stick with it, I think, even just to get more games going over the belt and work on it on the back, in the background even for a possible playoff if we lose to Denmark. Mick said he's definitely not going to play it though. Yeah, but I... I, I That's why you got to have your point yeah. in the sky. He's not playing against Denmark, but I'm just saying for the New Zealand game. Okay. Right? Go We've on. got Mark Travers in goal. Centre-backs of Kevin Long, Derek Williams, and Kieran, Kieran Clark. I've got right-wing-back, uh, Matt Doherty. Left-wing-back, Robbie Brady. A midfield three of Jack Bourne, Josh Cullen, and Alan Brown. Brown slightly further ahead. And up front... You know, hang on. You're, you're going to push, no, got, you're gonna push no Alan Brown further ahead. The Jack Byrne, <laughs> <laughs> the man who want, plays virtually attached to the striker. I want, I want, I want Bourne to come deep, get on the ball. Mick McCarthy said he build. doesn't want him to do that. This is one thing he <laughs> said he didn't want him to do. Team I want to see start, <laughs> and then Shawnee McGuire and uh, Collins up front. No Troy Parrott. No, the man's twelve years old. Shawnee McGuire. I'll tell you why you know Parrott because McGuire. Or Collins, the pro- like Maguire especially. I want to see because he could he could have an impact against Denmark the following week. So could Troy Parrott. Sean Maguire has started pretty much every single game for Preston, who are top of the championship. Like Troy Parrott could turn out to be a brilliant player, but Maguire is currently a very good player. Why one or the other? Why not both? Maybe both. But I, I, they, I my point is that I want Maguire to get game time. Who is the other one? Collins, James Collins. Collins. I've seen, I've seen, no, we've I don't seen think, him. I don't think we yeah. need to see James but Collins in this game. Mick fair. McCarthy is more likely to bring on James Collins than either Parrot or Sean if Mick McCarthy, so I want him getting game time. If Mick McCarthy takes Troy Parrot from the under-21 squad for the game against Armenia and doesn't start him against New Zealand, I think it's a sackable offence. Like, what is the point? Yeah. I completely agree. That's why, like, you. I, I think this test I'll match... I'll give you Parrot, but I want Maguire. That's I'll, fair. I'll, I'll, I can I can totally I'll, get I'll, I'll take a Shawnee all day long. It's like if 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 you were to say uh, I'll give you a parrot, but uh, I'm taking James Collins, I'd have an issue with that. <laughs> you know, there's definitely an argument to stay Sean McGuire. I agree with you. Absolutely, I just think yeah. And I think I, I think plus then it would actually it would aid because McGuire has been playing off the wing most of the season Left for Preston wing, yeah, as well, pretty much all season. So yeah. like he can quite clearly play there. So you could at least have a nice. Oh, wouldn't you love a dovetail in front three? Oh, you have Connolly, no, Maguire, Parrot. Parrot can play anywhere. Connolly, even though he's virtually only played striker and only moved onto the wing because Ireland are like, Stephen Kenny was like, oh, you can go there. <laughs> <laughs> and then he went, yeah, I can. And then just was the best player on the pitch by far, especially against Armenia and Tala. Like, oh, wouldn't that be lovely? So we're going to decide in a consensus 11 here. So Travers is in goal. Travers, yeah. What formation are we playing? 4 3 3. We're going to have to play a 4 3 3. If we're going, what team will actually play? Yeah. 4 3 3. Yeah, let's say this is a mixture of a team you want to play and being realistic. Yeah. So, I think, Matt Doherty. I think Matt Doherty should yeah, start because of the argument I laid out. I think Clark and Williams. Who's maybe play left back then, though? I think maybe Williams moves over to left back just purely because he can play both. He is a centre half, but, but we have nobody else to play left back. Uh, yeah. Well, we've got Robbie Brady can play there. He's, uh, he's, 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 no, 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 no. He can be put there. He can't play there. Uh, <laughs> Long and Clark in the middle. I think. I, I, think, I think it's going to be Egan. Egan and, 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 and Clark. Clark. 
Egan and Clark. This is going to end up being my team, but go on. <laughs> yeah. on. 4-3-3. Cullen. Cullen, yes, definitely. Cullen is a cert. Absolutely. Uh, Mick McCarthy has heavily hinted that Jack Byrne is going to play as well, so I think you can mark him down. I and think I, Brown to start a cert, but like, that's very attacking for the that, ter- that third midfielder is the one that suffered a bit. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You, can be, you could make an argument for a lot of people there. I, don't I know think I d- it's not very attacking if you... But Cullen, Cullen sat, Cullen sat against yeah. Bulgaria and he'll sit again. Byrne is very attacking. And Since then Byrne, Alan Brown yeah. could be a runner. Like Yeah, he's, yeah. he's boxed. He can be boxed. He, he can play be, right back for... Exactly. He, he can do it. He can do it all. Alan Brown, do it all. There you go. And then up front, a front three. Maguire on the left. Maguire... Parrot Conley. I don't know if Conley. Brady. Conley's, Conley's I think Brady's going to play because I think I yeah, think Mick is going to use this to get Mick Brady. Have did, a look he did say he was going to get Brady and Karen Clark game time against New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. I think he's going to use this to have a look. And at then Brady plus and what what, what that America. what those players can do is we can go into like four five one quite easily. Then we can go into a four four two quite easily. I mean, move gonna, move a Brown over to the wing. I'm going to talk about that in a minute for the Denmark. Oh, game. So oh, Denmark oh, game oh. starting elevens. I'm going to start with mine here so you can tear it apart. Darren Randolph, yeah. Matt Doherty, yeah. Shane Duffy, yeah. John Egan, yeah. Enda Stevens, yeah. Glenn Whelan. Yeah. Then you've got, I'm going with Robinson, Hendrick, Howrahan. Surprise, surprise. And then I don't know, I'm, I'm torn for the left wing. I'm going with Callum O'Dowda. And then David Goldrick up front. Uh, 10, 10 again, out of 11, I bad. I de- again, no, I'm Connelly. going with, what I'm afraid, I, was, I, was, I was afraid of Connolly being injured. If he is fit to play, I put him in instead of Odeda. That's uh, a, like, I, I'm going to tell you now that that is the exact 11 that I picked. You put Carm Robinson in it, did you? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think for this game, 4-3-3 isn't going to work. I think Ireland should play 4-4-1-1, really. 4-4-2, basically. I've gone with a 4-1-4-1. Yeah, yeah sounds, well, like a, <laughs> sounds like a song, but that back five, Randolph, Doherty, Duffy, Egan, Stevens, that's a start. That's going to start. Yeah. Yep. Glenn Whedon is going to start. Yeah. Like there is. So what I, what I've, I went four, four, one, one, Glenn Whedon, Connor Horan center mid, Jeff Hendrick on the right, where he has played all season for Burnley and by all accounts has played much better there than he has done for Ireland. Yeah. Left midfield, Callum Robinson, Dave McGoldrick, playing on the hole and Aaron Connolly going in behind uh, and the reason I didn't put Connolly on the left and play 4-3-3 is because I think we're going to have less of the ball and I don't want Aaron Connolly to be stuck just playing most of the game in our half I want Aaron Connolly to be on the shoulder of the defender have him be that out ball I think him and McGoldrick if McGoldrick could do what he did for Sheffield United at the weekend drop deep get 52 touches I think that could be a really good partnership Lads, you're, forgetting someone. you're forgetting someone Who's, who plays on the left for Ireland who plays on the left for Ireland James this, all time. this uh, is who I want to play listen, I, listen I've got my point in the Sky team right here I'll tell you it's nothing to do with my what it do team the what it do team is exactly who's going to play it's all of the players that you mentioned Mark take out Callum O'Dowda take out Aaron Connolly put in James McLean. You don't think Aaron Connolly is going to play? I think. Him? I think obviously the injury is one thing. You don't know how serious it is. Um, I think he might do, and then you take out. Or I can't take out McLean. He's going to start. He's just absolutely. I think Robinson start. is probably in realistically. Robinson is probably in McCarthy's eyes. Robinson is probably going to be dropped before McLean. Absolutely. Yeah. So who's your point in the Sky team? On my point in the Sky. Oh, the, the watch this thing. Right. So we're going for a is a five two three. <laughs> Right. Basically, right. or going into a, a three, a three, five, three, a three, four, three, whatever we want to call it. Randolph and goal. 
You got the three centre halves of Egan Duffy Clark on the right, Matt Doherty on Jim the left. Clark, straight back into oh, the facts. starting team. He's his quality. He's going to grab a goal. Fact, on the, fox and box, sticking oh. up top. On the left, Ender Stevens sitting in the centre. See, now this is why his mad pie in the sky. So we got Herahan and then we got Jason Malumby because <laughs> he's not in the squad. He's not even in the squad. <laughs> Because you're going to want you're gonna want, you're gonna want something to sit there. The best centre mid that we have isn't in the squad. Uh, and then up top, you've got uh, Robinson, Connolly, and McGoldrick. They, that's pie in the sky for you, lads. 4 1 Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> sure, at least get, have a go off them. A bit of crack. Um, yeah. I think, well, what's your realistic team there? Oh, it's, it's Radnoff, Dardy, Duffy, Egan, Stevens, Whelan, Herrohan, uh, Hendrick, McLean, Robinson, McGoldrick. Like. I think Connolly will start. I would be surprised if he doesn't. It's just a matter of, I agree with you that that's probably going to be the team, but I think Connolly will come in for possibly Callum Robinson. Yeah. What I'm afraid of is, and it's the reason I didn't go 4-3-3 with the team I picked, is that he's going to be pinned back in our half and not have the opportunity to make an impact up to the end of the pitch that's, we want him to be. Have we any hope winning this game? Yeah, we yeah, do. Yeah, we do have a hope. Are we going to win the game? No. No, we sure the first we've probably we've probably ever beaten New Zealand once in a test. <laughs> no, twice well, Chicago. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot Chicago. I've, I, I've we, dropped with the Denmark game. Oh, the, the qualifier, whatever that is. Um, Quali- do you qualify to play the a pre- test? <laughs> I believe I believe its official title is the pre-playoff. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, Georgia and Spain and Portugal in these places play qualifiers. I can't believe I can't believe we have to play Uruguay again. Um, I, I I think we do have a chance, but we won't. I I hope I, like Ireland, as we have seen in the past, are capable of pulling out these big results in big games in the Aviva. Uh, the last couple, I think David McGoder can make a big difference. Like you do forget he wasn't playing in those two games last month, and the team looked much worse without him. I think he, the job yeah. he does for Ireland can be understated at times, but he's really important. I don't know. I'm hoping, Mark. I don't think we will win. I'm hoping we do. I'm hoping Aaron Connolly and David McGoldrick both start. I think because we need to score. I also, I also think that like we haven't seen McGoldrick and Connolly play with each other. I think there's well. potentially a really good yeah. partnership. Yeah. Um, and even even if you're playing Connolly off the wing and you have like Robinson on the other wing, like we always complain about not having enough sort of tact and nous. Like they're three players who it's, it's they've got pace and they've got skill. It's going to be tight. I think coming into the last 10 minutes, it's all going to be the play for. I wouldn't be surprised if it was nil-nil. If Mick McCarthy, I think, is going to try and keep it tight for the first 70 minutes and then try and hit Denmark at the end and try and grab a winner. But H- Hence why I think McLean might start as well. And finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will definitely finish, yeah. I have a bad feeling it's going to be 1-0 for a long time and then we'll be pushing to get the equaliser and then they'll get a goal near the end and make it 2-0. But look at on that positive note, no, actually, I get your score predictions. Go on, give them. Uh, someone, give, give, someone give Ireland to win in, uh, so in the test I'm going with <laughs> Ireland 18 New Zealand 9 I think we're going to do it <laughs> I think we're going to do it uh, try for Conley <laughs> oh, I, think, I think in the test I think, I think we're going to beat them like 2-0 or something for the Denmark match the big the big, the big cheese just 1-all or something I, I, I don't think I don't think we're going to win my yeah, I think we beat New Zealand as well because they're not great. But my for the Denmark game, the, the All Blacks aren't great. <laughs> the All Whites, uh, disgusting. My head says, my heart says one nil to Ireland, but my head says one all. And I I'm changing my prediction. One nil Ireland. Oh. Kieran Clark 
to head the winner. Oh, wouldn't you love it? With <laughs> his shin, with his Irish cheek. Shit, no, he's going to head the winner and Shane Duff is going to head the assist. <laughs> <laughs> I was only thinking that. A game of heads and volleys to win, to qualify yeah. for the Euros. Exactly what's going to happen. Herrington's going to whip the corner in. Yeah. Duffy, glancer. No, do you know what? On the, on the near post and then Clark just, boom. <laughs> I don't want to grab the, drag this on any longer. I have a, I actually have a feeling for some reason that we're going to win it with a really controversial goal just to sicken the Danes. Well, well hopefully. McCarthy, <laughs> McCarthy did say today, he was like, uh, he's grateful that like things won't be decided on like, you know, something like VAR and stuff. So that like, imagine if Ireland went through on a goal that quite clearly would have been disallowed if there was actual video technology. David just going to score a goal with his hand. We're going to win one now. Wrap it up. That's what's going to happen. Wouldn't you love it? Uh, thank you very much for listening. If you've not subscribed yet, please do search Balls.e podcast on all good podcast feeds. Subscribe to the football show and you get all our other podcasts besides including the likes of the build-up in association with Labbrooks every Wednesday, our rugby podcast, World and Union. We also have plenty of other content content there throughout the week. Be also sure to check out Balls.e in the build-up. We're at the press conference today with Mick McCarthy. We'll have news. Morris Brosnan will have news from that so check that out on site and we'll obviously have coverage of the two games and we'll be back next week to review Ireland qualifying for the Euros next we'll have a massive, yeah, massive reaction and celebratory podcast uh, please do also rate and review the show you can leave a 5 star rating and you can leave a review telling us how great we are we'd very much appreciate it but until we speak to you again mind yourself mind yourself